Crosstown family, how you doing? Can I have all y'all stand up? We wanna welcome all our campuses and everybody here in Point Loma and in Hawaii and all over San Diego. My name is Miles McPherson, pastor of Rock Church and excited to have you back this Sunday. Um, before I get into the message, next Sunday we're gonna have two of the SDSU basketball players here from the championship team and we're gonna be interviewing them and asking them about their journey. And Next Saturday, this Saturday coming up, we have an encounter uh, service. It's an all-day training. And, uh, you know, when people ask Christ to be their Savior, they're forgiven. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're set free. Can I get amen? In other words, uh, you still got emotional issues, relationship issues, soul ties, and all this garbage in your heart. And encounter is an opportunity for you to go through all the, it's a full day, all the information is on, on our website and on the screen. But uh, for you to be set free spiritually from some of the spiritual bondage that you're in. So that's Saturday. We also have our baptism today, as all y'all know. It's going to be awesome. So, um, and I'm very excited for this message. I... I made an announcement in the service here during worship that I'm going to give to all of you, and I'll probably say it in five different ways during the message. Um, uh, our country has, to me, gone beyond the limit of insanity. And um, we, the church, obviously, it's a spiritual battle that we're all in, is, is part of that target. And we have to decide where we stand in our relationship with God. And because it's going to become more and more openly hostile. It's already become hostile to the family, hostile to the parents, hostile to kids in schools, uh, but as believers. And my prayer is that today would be a, a day where you decide to draw a line in the sand, I am in with Jesus. Um, or you're not. And that's fine, but it's a war. It's a spiritual war that we are all in, and the devil is not messing around. And so I, I just want to encourage you. I came out uh, during, this, during the worship time here in Point Loma without a microphone, so I was just shouting, and, and uh, they didn't get it online, but I also wanted all of y'all to hear that. And, and, I, and again, you'll know what I'm talking about here in a few minutes, but my prayer is that you decide that you are going to follow Jesus. You know, last week we had Easter, and Easter we always have about two and a half times our normal attendance. Two and a half times. So we're all those people all the time. We call them Christers, Christmas and Easter people. It's funny, but it's not. Because a lot of those people are going to come and die, and then they're going to face God and God, and they're going to say, hey, I was there on Easter. So I didn't call, I, I, that's not even, that word's not even in the Bible, so what are you talking about? I didn't call you to come to church and eat. I, call, I called you to lay your life down for me. I laid my life down for you. And so you've been hearing sermons for years and years, but I think at, at this time in our culture, especially in the whole world, but especially in the United States, we have to decide that we are going to stand up for Jesus. Um, and may you take just a step today. And I know you've heard me say this many times, but just take a step today. Lord, I pray you challenge us, pray you encourage us, pray you speak very clearly to every single person listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got to get serious. <laughs> Turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. First book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 3. There was a young lady who, 
friend of mine who was, told me she was starting to date a guy. And I kept asking her how things were going. She said, it's going okay, it's going okay. And then I didn't see her for a while. And then she said, oh, we broke up. And I said, what happened? And she said, he wasn't clear about who he was. He was confused about the direction of his life. He was confused about, you know, what his life was all about. He was having an identity crisis. Everyone say identity crisis. I want to talk today about the identity crisis in our country. The identity crisis uh, impacts all of us. And if you're not clear on who you are and what you are, you will have distorted relationships. This woman was trying to have a relationship with this guy, but he didn't know who he was. And if you are not clear on who you are, you can't have solid relationships with with yourself because you have confusion in yourself, with people in your life, and with God. Because God made you in his image and he made you for a relationship with him. And if you're vacillating on who you are, you can't have a relationship with God. The best relationship you can have. Let me give you a few definitions. One, a relationship is the way in which two or more people are connected and interact. And when I say people, also with God. We have relationship with God. God made us in his image so we can have relationship with him. Uh, Identity is the fact and the characteristics of being who and what a person or thing is. Do you know what you are, who you are, who you were made to be? A crisis is a time of intense difficulty, trouble, danger, or chaos in your understanding of who you are. It is, at least to me, obvious that our country is confused about this. And people are confused about this. Now, let me say this. This, is, this uh, um, applies to all of us because some of y'all th- are married, but you think you're single. some of you think that watching pornography will enhance your sex relationship with your wife or husband. You're confused. Some of you have prayed and think you're Christian, but you're not. You're confused. You think, I go to the rock, so I'm going to heaven. Oh, no. Don't say, I I, I always tell a story. When I was coaching Pop Warner, my son's Pop Warner team, the co- head coach, I was witnessing him all the time on the field. I was like, no, man, you got to get saved. You're going to go to hell. Now, I, we were good, so I could be that direct with him. Uh, and he was like, no, I'm just going to say I know you. Brother, you're confused. <laughs> you have an identity crisis with God, and you got an identity crisis with here because I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm just not that guy. <laughs> Don't say my name. <laughs> there are people confused about their racial identification. White people saying they're black, black people saying they're white. Like for real. People confused about their gender. We've seen that all over. Men saying they're women, women saying they're men. I heard the other day a little kid, two days ago, I was at a conference in Orange County, and they told me about a kid who identified as a bug. A bug. So he told his parents, well, bug. Now, again, whatever you identify with, it's going to impact your relationship with people and relationship with God. So the parents very attunedly said, oh, you're a bug. We don't feed bugs. And bugs don't live in this house. So all of a sudden, he wasn't a bug. But the point is this. He was, I don't know, you know, playing around, whatever, but he was confused. He's not a bug. 
There are other kids identifying as animals, barking, et cetera, and, and meowing, and, and, and we, we, we are, we're having a, this identity crisis in our country, but it, it is actually an attack on the image of God. You and I are made in the image of God, and every person, every human being that you ever meet on the planet since day one has been and will be made in the image of God. And the devil can't attack God, he attacks the image of God. And so all of us, unless we are clear on who we are, and you as a believer, are, what kind of believer are you? Are you a believer that is submitted to Christ or are you just a believer in name? Like you go to church every now and then. You need to know the implications of that. And one of the implications is that maybe your prayers aren't being answered because you put God at a distance. You need to know who you are. You need to know why you are. You need to know who has authority over you. So I'm just going to give you four principles that will apply to all of us. And I want you, I, I pray you take these to heart and apply it to you. To you. Number one, what is the design of your identity? You and I were designed. You are not an accident. Now, by the way, my premise is always that there's a God. You, your premise may be you were evolved out of the, the ground and you're just a, a result of random cells mutating together. If that is your premise about who you are, then how can you trust your thoughts if you're just a random collection of cells? My premise is that God designed you, he made you, he, he gave you a conscience that's compatible with his heart. He gave you the ability to have a relationship with you. He has a plan for your life, an amazing plan that's bigger than any you can ever imagine. So that's my premise, and that he designed you for that purpose, to walk in relationship with you, with him. So number one, what is your, the design of your identity? Is it, are you made in the image of God or the image of self? Are you made in the image of God or are you made in the image of yourself? In other words, you could say, I can could, I could, I could create my own image. Those are two different things. You have to decide which one it is. And whatever decision you make, there's implications. Number two, who determines the value of your identity? Does God determine your value or does the world determine your value? Do the guys who lay on top of you determine your value? Do the women who call your name Big Daddy determine your value? They don't know who they are. How can they tell you who that you are? So you have to know who determines your value. Number three, who has authority over your identity? Who is boss in your life? Who is on the throne of your kingdom? Is it God or you? That you have to make that decision. You can't not make that decision. Now, you may not consciously say God or me, but your actions will determine whether it's God or you. And it's, it determines who calls the shots. Who is calling the shots about how you use this body? Who's calling the shots about how you use your things, your time, your energy, your talents, your gifts? Who makes the decision? If it's you, fine, just so you know. If it's you, then you got to pay the price whatever results happen. You can't blame God. Don't come to church five times a year and go, ah, oh, that church don't do this for me. Are you reading your Bible every day? You're praying every day? You're not going to the gym and yet you're blaming Twinkies for your overweightness. You're not reading books, so you blame the, the job for not hiring you. And number four, what is the eternal purpose of your identity? What is your purpose? 
You were put here on this earth, and by the way, you were born, I assume, and I'm going to make an assumption, most of, probably most of you were born in the United States of America, but bigger picture, you were born on the planet as a human being in the image of God. What is the purpose of your life? And every single person on the planet has the same purpose. We're going to get to that in a minute. You need to know what that is. Because if you don't know the answer to these questions, and I'm sure there's a bunch of more, but we only got a few more minutes. If you don't know the answer to these questions, at least have a framework, your identity is going to be messed up. Therefore, your relationships are going to be messed up. And, and God forbid the relationships that are messed up is the one you have with God that leads to eternal consequences. It's, it's a domino effect. And just know that you are in a spiritual battle and just know that the devil is smarter than you and me. Let, let me say that really slow. You can claim Jesus as your savior all day long. The devil's smarter than you. And if you ain't trusting in Jesus, you ain't trusting in the wisdom smarter than the devil, that means you're outmanned and you will lose. How, how many of y'all, and show, show of hands, how many of y'all by show of hands, you have made, you can count Countless decisions, more than you can ever remember, that you made that you were for sure you were right and you were wrong. Can I get amen? Yeah, why? Because someone smarter than you tricked you. Oh, I love him. He is so, oh my goodness, he is. He, what? That brother was evil. <laughs> I love her. She's fine. She's this. She's evil. I'm trying to be an equal opportunity offender here. You know what I'm saying? I don't want y'all to think he, he's based on women, now he's made on men. Okay, all y'all, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, we just get it all. Why? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners and we're always pointing fingers at those people. Republican, Democrat, liberal, they're all, they're all sinners. We, we have to understand who we are. If you don't understand who you are, you're never going to fulfill what God's called in your life. So we're going to go back to the beginning and it's Jesus Christ. Obviously, God in the beginning, I'm not going to go back to Genesis, even though that, that, that the beginning of our beginning, but I'm going to go back to Jesus Christ and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Because Jesus was born, 12 years old, he was in the temple uh, 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 discussing spiritual things with the Pharisees and all the, all, the, all the priests. And then at 30 years old, he was called to ministry. And the very first thing he did, he had a confrontation with the devil. And in this confrontation, guess what the devil does? He challenges his identity. So what can we learn from that conversation? The four things I just mentioned. Okay, let's read it. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son within whom I am well pleased. Huh, let me, I'm gonna come back to that, but let me pause. God said, that is my son. Is Jesus the son? Because this is not a trick question. And it is, I am asking for participation in all the, all, the, all, the, all the campuses. It's either yes or no. Take a deep breath in. Is Jesus the son? Yes. Just let's do a couple more times just so we're not, so we're clear. So we're clear. Is Jesus the son? Yes. Is Jesus the son? Yes. Is God pleased with his son? Yes. Is he pleased that he is the son? Exactly. God is crystal clear. And he is crystal clear who you are. Take that, take that burden off your shoulders. God has everything about your life right in front of him. And then look what he says. 
Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We'll come back to that. We're going to come back to all this. I'm going to read through the whole thing and then we'll come back. When he fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil took him up to the holy city, sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the Son of God. Throw yourself down for it is written, you shall give, he shall give charge of his angels over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He showed him all the bling he can get. All the honeys he can get for him. And he said, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away from me, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Number one, what is the design of your identity? Is Jesus the son? Yes. What did the devil say? If you are the son. Twice. Matthew 4, 3, he said it. Matthew 4, 6. If you, it's, it's settled. The devil wants to bring doubt into all of our minds. Are you really a Christian? Not really. Does God really hear you? Not really. Are you really the son or the daughter? Matter of fact, Jesus, are you the son or are you the daughter of God? Are you the cousin of God? Are you the judge of God? How many of y'all are the judge of God? God does something, you don't like it. And so you say, I'm not going to church no more. I'm not reading my Bible. God's wrong. Ooh. The devil will re reestablish your identity. You need to know who you are. I, I, I have a Tesla and um, I've had it for three years. I love it. I will never get another car uh, that has a motor in it. I'm just repping a little bit here. It is amazing. It is it is. I, I just sit in it. And just thank the Lord. I'm at stoplights and I just dare anybody to kind of just jump. Go ahead, jump, go, 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 go. It's extremely fast. Um, but the other day, the screen it is, a, is, a, is a computer screen right in front of you. It has all how fast you're going. It has a thousand things, everything. Your music, your, 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 your camera is, real quick, it has cameras all around it. So if you scratch the car, it'll take a video of you. And so when my wife was dying, was, was almost, was very sick with COVID, almost died. We had a white dove living on our house for two months. A white dove every day landed on my roof right by where I pray. One day I drove into the driveway and the screen on my car, if, if there are people around the car, it will show an image of a person walking by the car. So it, it tells you what's around the car. And I drove in my driveway and on my screen in my car, the image of a man walked out of my garage. Snap. It's like, it's like Angel said, I got you. I just left. I jumped out the car. Well, I should have stayed in the car, right? <laughs> I 
I was like, I was freaked, but I had the dove. I was like, God's doing something. Anyway, make a long story short, make a long story short. The other day, a week ago, my screen went black. Nothing. I didn't know how many miles I had on my battery. I couldn't open the garage door. I couldn't, I couldn't see behind me. I, I, nothing. It was just black. And I'm, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not a technology guy. As a matter of fact, when I bought the car, I'm like, this is a big mistake because you you can't even do an iPhone. How are you going to do a car? And, I, and I'm hitting on the screen, hitting on the screen, hitting on the screen, hitting on the screen, and nothing. And, and, I, and who do I call? The manufacturer. The manufacturer. But who manufactured this? You or God? Now, if you, if you believe that you just kind of evolved and you're just here, then that's your prerogative. However, the implication is there's no foundation of truth in your life because we're all just random. So then you can't have right and wrong because there's no foundation. There's no beginner. There's no, there's no moral compass for us. But if God did this, then I go to him. How do I use this? How is this supposed to function? And not only generally, but specifically. Like, if you, have, if you can talk, and so some people are mute, but they can't talk. But if, if you can talk, some people can talk better than others. Some people talk multiple languages. Some people have math skills, administration skills. I need to know what this is. You need to know the design of you. What are your skills? What are your passions? What are your interests? You need to know you so you can have relationship with God because God made you as a screwdriver, a hammer, a saw. And if he made you a hammer, don't be trying to cut stuff. If he made you, if he made you a math person, stop trying to talk in front of people. I, should, I shouldn't say that because I'm a math person. <laughs> but if he, if he made you someone who doesn't talk in front of people, don't try to talk in front of people. Don't look at other people and say, I want to be like them when that's not how God made you. So look what the devil says, You're, if you are the son of God, I want to bring doubt into your life who you are. That's what he's done globally, individually, our country. We don't believe in God. This is not God. We should take that off the money or change our direction. But this country does not believe in God. Now, a whole bunch of people do, but there's a bunch of powerful people who don't. Let's look at what we just read. Number one, gender. God said, this is my beloved what? God's clear. Jesus was his man. You're my son, so you need to know, God, what am I? He, he, you know, he made you that way. He made you what you are. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, right before Jesus did anything, he said, I already love my son. We're going to get back to that in a minute. He was led by the Spirit. Look at Matthew chapter 4, 1. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the Holy Spirit. You and I were made, watch this, designed to be led by the Spirit. If you are, if you are not being led by the Spirit, you're, the Spirit of God, by the way, you're being led by something contrary to it. You're going to go in the, in the wrong direction. I drove to New York, and now we have GPS. But I drove to New York uh, in 1983. I had a 280ZX. Anybody remember the 280ZX? Best car on the planet, brother, ever made in the world. Amen, amen. That brother back there. <laughs> that thing is like a little toy, like a, like a little tinker toy now. I saw one the other day. I was like, that's garbage. But back then, it was the bomb. And I drove to New York. I had no, I'm from New York. I had no idea how to get to New York. I had to follow the map. And I, had to, I went to AAA. I said, I'm going to New York. Give me a map. And they gave me a thing called a, a trip P. 
pick, I think it was, and it was a page, and every page had about 100 miles of road on it. You just turn the page and give you another 100 miles, turn the page, give 100 miles, and now we got GPS. Y'all are like, what, what, what is paper? Y'all probably won't even know what paper is, right? <laughs> paper is this. This is like, this is paper, right? This is old school, right? I'm not up here with a computer. I'm not that guy. But I had to follow the map. If I didn't follow the map, I would have got lost. So here's the map, the Spirit of God. Every sermon, every time I speak publicly, I am taking notes up until when I walk up. And God's like, say this, don't go there, watch, be careful over here, boom, 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 boom. You want to know your identity? Follow the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God is going to guide you and direct you where he wants to use you and how he wants to use you. And, how, and to people through whom he's going to reveal your identity. Over and over, and the Bible says if anyone's in Christ, he's old. the old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creature. God, show me the, 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 the transforming power of the Spirit of God in your life. But if that is not part of your life, woo, be careful. And by the way, if you have people in your life that are not led by the Spirit of God, they're going to guide you in contrary direction than the Spirit of God. You got to be careful who you're taking counsel from. You don't need to pray. What? So what you're going to do instead? Worry? Scream? Uh, Matthew 4.2, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Jesus was all God and all man. He lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. God became man. He had to eat. He had to sleep. He bled. He died. He suffered. He was betrayed. He was stressed. He had a job. He had a business. He had to deal with criticism, backstabbing, all the stuff we deal with. The Bible says he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and then he was hungry. He was hungry, but he dealt it. So he was an example to us how this can function, how far we can push this and what we can get from that. Matthew 4.4, 4, he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We were created and designed to feed on and obey the word of God. That's your design. I was in a prison once speaking, and after I spoke, I went up to this white supremacist who was walking around the track. It was three of them. They had no shirts on, and, and they were walking around. And God said, go talk to that guy. So I went up to the, to the track, and as he came by, I called the, the, the head guy. There was one guy and two guys behind him. I called him over. We had a very brief conversation. We stood about this far from each other. And, and then it was like, as he was approaching me, the little voice said, what are you going to say to him? I said, I don't know. But told me to come over here. I said, Jesus is looking for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said, I don't know. I just want to tell you that Jesus is looking for you. Now, we, we probably talked 30 seconds more than that, and then it was over. What's the point? The point is that God, that guy was made in the image of God. He was created to have relationship with God. So the word of God in the name of Jesus is going to impact him somehow by faith. Because that's how he was designed. And lastly, Matthew 4.11, the devil took him up. The, the, the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. You and I were created to defeat the works of the devil in our life. You actually have the authority in Jesus' name to say, devil be gone and resist the devil. Now, amen, amen. It doesn't mean that you won't have problems in your life, but you are victorious. 
The devil's going to make you think you are defeated when you are not defeated, you are victorious. And so you need to understand that. Now, why is this important to understand? When your world is falling apart, you need to know this. Holy Spirit, guide me. I'm, I'm, I'm following the word of God. I know I have victory. I'm walking in victory. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. You need to know that about you. That, house, that is how God made you. And number two, who determines the value of your identity? Pastor Travis gave me this little uh, children's book called um, You Are Special. It's by Max Lucado and it's about this woodmaker who made all these little wood people called Wemmicks. And he made this little town of wood people called Wemmicks. And then the, the guy Eli, who, the woodmaker, went up to his house. And all the little Wemmicks started interacting with each other. And in their evilness... They started putting stars on the Wemmicks that were good looking and smooth wood and shiny wood and putting dots on the ones that were rough and scratched. And if you had this appearance of being talented or valuable, you got a star. And if you didn't, you got a dot. And one of them named Pontanella had nothing but dots. And he was discouraged because he couldn't get a star. And he would try to get a star. He would try to sing. He tried to do all these things. But he could never get a star. And every time he tried to get a star, they'd give him a dot. They said, you're still no good. So he said, I'm not even going to go out the house because I don't even want to get a dot. And I'm embarrassed. And then he met this girl. Oh, there's always a girl. <laughs> she had no stickers. She's the only one in the whole town with no stickers. And he's like, how'd you... What happened? How did you, how come you don't have any stickers? She said, well, I go see Eli, the woodmaker, every day. And I see him every day and then I don't have any, what, you need to go see him. So he goes up there with all the dots and they have this conversation. And the woodmaker says, listen, you need to stop worrying about what other people think. I'm the one who created you. I am the only opinion that needs to be valuable to you. Because I love you, and I love you, and I made you, and I don't make mistakes. And that's all you need to worry about. So how come she doesn't have any stars? Because she believes that I love her. They don't stick to her. And so he says, if you can believe that my love is the only love you need to be concerned about. And he says, I believe it. And the, star, the dots started to fall off his body. Amen. Now, the devil's going to tell you all day long, you got to prove who you are. Remember he said, if you are the son of God, do this and prove it. Look what he said. Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, command the stones to be bread. Jesus said, I don't need to, I don't need to prove it. I know who I am. Matthew 4, 5, and 6. The devil took him up to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot upon stone. Matthew 4, 8, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and said, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. But if you walk around life all day long, worrying about that person, that person, that person, that person, and not what he thinks. But if you say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey you. Now, Obeying God means loving people, means respecting people, means being respectful to people, 100%. But at the end of the day, am I pleasing him? And if I please him, these 
stickers, both good and bad. <laughs> By the way, uh, Doug Flutie was a, was a quarterback in the NFL. He was a short quarterback, so he, he had a lot of drama being because he was short. But he was a great quarterback. And he played here for the Chargers for a few years. And, and one day he had a great game. And, and they were interviewing him after the game. Doug, you know, you had a great, great game. And, you know, you had a great career. And you had to go to Canada because you're short. And you had all this adversity. What do you think now that you're in the NFL? You had a great game. And he said something very insightful. He said, a pat on the back is 12 inches from a kick in the butt. God, as long as me and you are good, the same people are going to pat you on the back and kick you in the butt. Number three. Number three. Who has authority over your identity? Who's in charge of your body? Who's in charge of your mind? Who's in charge of your gifts? Who's in charge of your decisions? Is it you? How's that working out for you? Hmm. Look what Jesus said. Matthew 4.1. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Holy Spirit, I'm following you. 4.3. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Word of God, whatever you say. Matthew 4, 7, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Don't go outside of what God has told you to do. Matthew 4, 10, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. These knees don't bow to anybody theoretically than him. I say theoretically because I'm not perfect. But I'm trying best to say, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. That's the question you have to answer, who is in authority over your life? And I would give you a little hint. The only one who will judge you when you die. Don't fear man can only kill your body. Fear God who can kill your body and your soul in hell. Number four, and we'll end with this. What is your purpose? To glorify God or glorify yourself? NFL timeline. You get drafted or you sign with a team. You go to mini camp in May. Go to training camp in July for six weeks into the end of August. In that six weeks, 10 guys get cut or fired every week. Then you, and in that six weeks, you have preseason scrimmages, preseason game. And then the first game comes. And when you go out for the first game, coach says, you made the whole, whole process You've been through all the preseason games, practice, etc. Now go make me proud. God wants you to make him proud. God wants you to make him attractive. And what do I mean by that? He wants you to reflect his love, his patience, his wisdom, his power. And if you do that, he will draw all men to himself. You don't need to say, you don't, you don't need to shame people into it. Just show them his glory. Show them his love. Show them his integrity. Show them his patience. The only way you can do that is if you submit yourself to him. The only way you can do that is have a right relationship with him. The only way you can do that is if you understand who you are in him. But if you fall into the pattern of the world to say, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to think whatever I want to think. I'm going to live my life the way I want to think. Just, just know this. 
death will come, death of relationships, death of function. When they start amputating stuff off your body, it was a guy who was transable and he, he cut his arm off, a leg off because he thought he was disabled. The lady put bleach in her eye because he thought she was blind. You will lose function. We're doing that to little kids. Cutting body parts off, making lifelong decisions. And so you have to decide who am I? And who is authority over my life? And who do I serve? Who do I worship? What is my purpose? And I'm going to glorify God. Let's all bow our heads and pray. And I want you to listen very carefully in all the campuses. Because there are some of you here that have an identity crisis in one form or another. It could be your purpose. It could be your, your physical identity, your gender identity, your racial identity. And you want clarity. And for crystal clarity, go to God. He will reveal it to you. And he will convince you of who you are, what you are, why you are. And set you free from any confusion in your life. Any vagueness in your life. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm going to challenge you to come forward for prayer. We want to help you connect you to our Creator, our Savior. So pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe that you made me. I believe that you designed me. I believe that you have authority over my life. I believe you have a purpose for my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for me. That you love me more than I can imagine. I surrender my life to you. I ask for crystal clarity on who I am, why I am, what direction I should pursue in my life. Give me clarity on how much you love me. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, there's a thousand reasons why you would have prayed that prayer. But if you did, I'm going to ask you to stand here in a minute. And by standing, you are acknowledging, yes, I am surrendering myself to Jesus for clarity in who I am as a person made in the image of God, loved by God, valued by God more than I can ask or imagine. So if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing, please. Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Now we're going to ask all those people in all the campuses to come forward. Let's give them a hand as they come out of the seat. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church.